Going once, going twice, sold. You're listening to The Property Pod, an accessible and easy way to get into or help understand the goings-on of the property market. Join Aaron, John and Pat as they discuss all things real estate, most likely get sidetracked and then try and rein it all back in as they present The Property Pod. Alrighty, welcome back to The Property Pod. Here we go again. We're... uh Shaken off the first show jitters, we've gone through the second show troubles, gone through the third and here we are at lucky number four. Thank you for joining us and listening. We've had uh, a really good response so far and are really enjoying putting the show together so we'll uh, continue to do so. I'm loving it because we're already three more further than I thought we were going to be, so we're cruising. Well, we're three more further than John's microphone ever got us. That is very true. So very true. we appreciate the... Um, the initiating thought, John, but here we are in the studio, loving life and, and potting our butts off. Well, let's uh, let's be honest. This setup is a lot better than just the little mic sitting on the desk. That's for sure. Isn't it amazing though that it can all the catalyst of an idea started with I'm going to start a podcast. I've got a microphone, and then Pat's like, "You guys are going to start a podcast." <laughs> oh, you've got a microphone. Oh, you've got a <laughs> microphone. <laughs> One up, you, John. <laughs> Well, no, this is more like five up. <laughs> we even went and bought a specific table just to yeah. create this thing. So, yeah, we've gone we've gone all out. We're four in and we better make sure we make this uh, all worthwhile. Anyway, now it's good to be here. Yeah, that being said, uh, we will welcome our regular panel. I've got John McGregor and Patrick Berry with me. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, everyone. How are we all feeling on this fresh, fresh Tasmanian morning? Well, we're doing the typical Tasmanian thing, which you'll complain about the weather regardless of it. It's either too hot, too cold, too wet, too dry, too moist, too sunny. Um, Tasmanians never go, geez, it's a nice day today. And I must be too stupid because I'm here in a T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you looked hardcore <laughs> rocking around with your polo to get coffee. <laughs> yeah. we, we had no one messes with Pat getting coffee. Not on a day like this. <laughs> he even had the, the puffy jacket on, like the Tasmanian puffy jacket. But he's like, I don't need sleeves on mine. <laughs> Ain't no thing. Were you one of the guys that only wore shorts to school? Was indeed, yeah. You had like oh, a challenge yeah. where... There was no challenge, just on my pants. I'd rather wear shorts. <laughs> <laughs> so, I feel like, did you ever wear pants, trousers at school? He just no. never, he just, he just never, never had them. No. He didn't have the option. Never owned them. Yeah. He had shorts and those socks that went all, all the way up to your knees. knees. Yeah. yeah. For uniform regulation. Yeah. yeah. It's good. <laughs> you needed pants. <laughs> <laughs> I think most children feel the same too, don't they? <laughs> all right, guys. Well, let's, um, let's get back on track or let's start the track. Um, we've got a little bit of follow-up from the past, from previous episodes, some stuff we talked about. And I wanted to mention, John, the question that you answered last week, RE Rosehaven mm. um, and the stories, those people did listen again, Patrick. Ooh. Yes. And again, I'm going to do another shout-out. Lots of people seem to be interested in the world of John McGregor. I ran into a mutual friend, uh, Mr. Samuel Morey. Oh, great. Shout-out to him. Ran into him at the Tazine on Friday night and he's a listener Yep. and he loves the bands. Oh, that's excellent. He loves the bands. He said he, uh, he's been dying for a podcast with John's voice on it and now he's happy to be able to listen to it. So, shout-out to Sammy. My man. It was, uh, it was good to run into you and it was good to hear that you are a Property Pod listener. I think we'll have to get him a uh, – just just keep an eye out, mate. There might be some sweet property pod merch coming Ooh, your way. We'll send him some swag. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be Sam Morey and Pat Sun wearing property pod swag. <laughs> <laughs> if you build it, they will come. 
All right, so let's go into a little bit of property talk straight away. Are we actually going to do that today? We're we just going to yeah. keep talking <laughs> shit. <laughs> if, if you'd listen to the intro, it says rain it all back in again. Yeah, <laughs> it literally says we'll get sidetracked. So the track's been sided, mm-hmm. and now we're back. All right, let's do it. All right, so let's talk about um, what's happened since the federal election. Do you actually? I was the one that did the research, mm. so I'd be happy to to start it off, but. Um, I don't want to. No, mate, go for it. I don't want to rail raid over everyone. Oh, you, it's a good opportunity for you to talk real estate. I know. I always reckon you don't know anything about it, well, and you've I've done your research. Hey, this, 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 is, this is the purpose of the podcast. Remember, it's an easily accessible one. Now you're taking the reins, and I learned some stuff. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, "Hey, guys, I think I know something." Yeah, do it. So there's been a little mini housing boom since the election. What do we got? Um, so I think they're saying that there's been a rise of about 11 percent attendance in um, nationwide. In yeah, right. In home... Open homes, I think it was. That's the word. Yeah, so um, there's different apps that a lot of agencies use now to register attendees when they arrive at a property. And the beauty of apps is it gives out data. And so Domain have actually been able to report that they've had a 11% increase last weekend at open homes. And Tassie actually had a 7% increase, which is pretty impressive. Oh, right. Did you guys have any open homes on the weekend that you guys were presenting at? Oh, happened last Saturday? Um, so Johnson, no. Oh yeah, no, there, there was there was one uh, one in uh, one in Newtown, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, prob- uh, there was there was four four groups through that one. There was about sort of what we're anticipating given the price range and where it is. So you wouldn't there wasn't an eleven percent rise in or seven percent sorry for Tassie in the attendance of. Of uh, my open home? Not specifically, no. Seven <laughs> percent is only a quarter of a person. Yeah, so. exactly. Well, the, the thing Imagine is, if it's just two legs started walking in, <laughs> <laughs> or a baby. Oh my god, there's so many weird legs. <laughs> I love that you went to a baby, but I just went to a half, <laughs> just like a, a just some legs. Just some legs. Yeah, yeah. Then next to it, there's a head just rolling into the room. <laughs> but mind you, it, I mean, um, right. the, the, the where where I suppose um, the thought then, where anecdotal um, evidence is really not a good one to go by because um, the other thing to price bracket um, each you know each market has like a sub market in terms of its price range its premium properties in a certain area versus ones that everyone's you know it's accessible to everyone um, this particular property for example was um, um, which is really sort of geared towards an Airbnb market okay yep. um, but that said then is it you know another one that was in um, Lena Valley I think there was nearly um, in total by the time that we finished with the inquiries, it was, we would record about fifty-one um, response. You know, 51 yeah. So it's a completely different um, appeal to that property to the one that you had the open home for on the weekend. Yeah. So h- humbly, I think I'd much more trust the statistics showcasing that on on average there actually is an increase in the um, activity in the market. Not you know, but so that's yeah. uh, that's really that's really exciting exciting to hear actually and even though we don't do auctions really here in Hobart uh, i believe there's about a 60% increase in auction clearances oh not 6% increase mm. 60% auction clearance rate this last weekend so mm-hmm. basically 60% of all homes that went up for auction actually sold which is apparently the highest number they've had in several months so is that for Tassie or that's so nationwide again yeah, yeah, so gotcha. a lot of these stats that we were able to source is nationwide mm-hmm. but it is an indicator that properties even in Sydney and Melbourne where they have been a little bit more quiet are starting mm. to to sell and start to move a little bit easier as well well that if they, if all of a sudden they've had a pullback of um uh 10% is it's not a big deal like we discussed before if if, if someone's been holding onto the property over the last four or five years um I mean uh and they're having to move you know 
sell and take a hit. But they've obviously, you know, they've gained 30%, but now they might have, you know, gained 20%. But from a buyer's perspective, I suppose, net now seeing that the, um, you know, they might have been waiting on the sidelines going, oh, geez, the market's cooled off a lot. It's like, well, I'm searching for a bargain. Yep. Now they're going, well, okay, time to get back in. Well, yeah, I think mm. the, the other thing I noticed in the um, report that I did the research on... We're going to really keep milking that, aren't we? I'm going to milk it all day long. <laughs> this is the day I get to be an expert. Um, was that appraisals are up across Tassie and across the country just in the last fortnight since the election. So I think it's up by 34%. And Which up. is huge. Like, I think mm. the nationwide was only 10 So for Tassie to be up 34% in appraisals, yeah, that's smoking a it. massive number. Was, was that number coming from those... Um, the uh, it's from a domain report. So domain report so again, was it? Yeah, domain have pulled it out of um, CMAs being generated out of PriceFinder, their ah, research company. Right, okay. So obviously you People and me making both, a request. Yeah, you and me both used uh, RP Data, the competitor, yep. but it's an indicator that there's more appraisals being done. That's it. And I think too, though, that um, there is the function for consumers to access that either purchased or otherwise, isn't there? I believe so, yeah. I think they have a public side where you can actually go buy your own report. So... Mm. It's good to see that um, there potentially could be some new stock coming into the marketplace. Mm. Hobart's desperate for it. Obviously, there's a lack of homes for sale and there has been for quite some time. Mm. And that backs up what Jason was saying a couple of weeks ago as well. He said that he felt that towards the end of this year, we'd see a little bit more stock come onto the marketplace, Yeah, which yeah. would be helpful for everyone. Well, I guess with that too, we've had a lot of um, people having to wait on the sidelines with they need to sell their properties but needing to buy at the same time. Yeah. And just it's just been an almost impossibility for them. So if all of a sudden that starts to move, everyone's moving at the same time, there's, you know, the possibility for everyone to be seeing. Yeah. Um, Subject to sales, we haven't seen them for a couple of years now because mm. people haven't been able to and that stopped people from moving because they're worried they're not going to be able to buy something after they've sold. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So this, this is like a clause in the contract yeah. of... So we'll buy this subject to the sale of our property. Yep. Yeah, that's right. So if you decided you wanted to sell your place here in Glenorchias to change, yep. but you'd make it subject to your place selling first. So you've got no commitment to buy the new one until your old home has sold. And is that something that's common or was common and it's not anymore? Yeah, it hasn't been because their homes have been selling too fast. Yep. That anyone that mm. wants to make it subject to that can't get their home sold fast enough before a finance buyer comes along yeah sure so with more stock coming onto the market those clauses will start to come back in yeah and that'll help those buyers be able to upgrade to the next place as well yeah or, or, or downsize a lot in, in mm. most cases yeah definitely and, that, and that's it most mm. subject to sales are more you know empty nesters trying to downsize to a retirement home or something or just like a that. smaller unit or something yeah. that they can manage without having to that's do all it. the gardening all their, and everything all their capitals in the home they want to be able to free up a little bit of it they don't need the big family home anymore but they haven't been able to do it because they're worried about, about not having anywhere it. to go yeah i think the other thing that we found too is um I mean, now it shows that the average australian moves it used to be seven every seven years but now it's every nine years um and when you have people that have been around in the, sitting in their property even for 20 you know 20 years um i think a lot of them weren't anticipating just how quickly their house was going to move over the last few years. So all of a sudden where that um, last time, their, their last experience might have been waiting 30 to 60 days before anything might begin, um, the house was going on the market and then there was presented with a contract above their expectations within 48 hours, wanting them to be moved in straight away. So even their ex ex expectation of how long this process was going to take was just vastly accelerated. And so we had a lot of, lot of buyers calling our office just saying, look, I've sold my house. I need a place. I've got nowhere to go. It's like, well, well, you know, we'll do our best to help you. But that was just a, um, a reality for them. And it was it was a high quality problem. You know, they had a good price at the front end, but nowhere to go. On nowhere the to go on the on the back end. Absolutely. Yeah. Like 
I guess from there, that's probably actually a really good um, way to segue into something else we were looking into this week is uh, shortage of rentals. So not only shortage of um, properties for people to move into, like you just discussed, but um, there was a Gumtree ad that was... Yeah, I can't oh, believe this. Yeah, this is no. crazy. Yeah, you've Once seen Once again, this, you did the research, so you yeah, tell yeah. the story, Az. So, yeah, so there's this Gumtree ad that um, was posted for a hallway in um, <laughs> North Hobart up for rent for $75. So I'll just pull up the... So yeah. Um, yeah, so you didn't actually get the room, the old room to live in. So it's legitimately... You're literally just, just renting a hallway with a bed in it. That's seventy-five dollars. Now, now I, I did read that article. Uh, now, didn't it say there was two couples living in the house? Yeah, uh, I think it was three guys already, or something along the lines of. Now, my question is: Were they just trying to cash in on the shortage of housing, or were they trying to help out, or can they not afford the rental themselves, so they had to offset it by bringing another person into it? And, and when you've already got what seems to be three or four people living in the house, um, how does living in a hallway work? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. It's just, it's just a bed, like you know. It, uh, I mean, you know, like you were. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> just got. Oh, it's crazy to think. Like I remember living in uni houses, and you'd always have blokes sleeping on the couch, Doesn't or where, people yeah. just coming and and flopping their bodies wherever they would be, and you'd just be like, "Oh, this would be the way to do it." But to then think seventy-five dollars for a hallway for a week. And that seems like a really good idea. Like the guys were obviously, yep, this is what we're going to do. This is going to, well, that's going to pay for our booze every weekend. You know? <laughs> well, no, it's funny. I actually hadn't thought about it the way that Pat just said, like, what if they can't afford the rent? And so they're like, oh, this is a way that we can afford it. I just thought of it as more of a, I guess I looked at it as the humorous side of things, but yeah, it's actually yeah. really concerning. Well, a couple of things that when I looked at it that probably frustrates me more than anything is how um, it's, it's really sold um, as a catastrophe without actually asking a few extra questions. So all of a sudden, um, this one ad on Gumtree with a, who knows what the circumstances or motivations are, and then, oh, it's an indicated that, you know, um, property is in absolute, in, in absolute crisis and we need, to, we need to jump to conclusions because someone advertised a hallway on Gumtree. Now, immediately I was asking, yeah, thinking the same question as you is, all right, well, um, how many people are in the house? Then the article said maybe three or four. So um, there seems to be that be adequate people to cover the rent. Are they just then trying to top up? Um, there's a couple of things with legislation. You know, there's no, um, uh, you know, is that, were they attempting to sublet the property um, as well or were they just trying to tag on another person to the, to the lease? Um, but one of the things that I think... Um, it might have been politicians in the article as well. We're just jumping on it to use it as a soundbite to um, push, you know, push an agenda, which I think is really dangerous in those circumstances. Because for me, I'm I'm sort of more on your side, Aaron. Where look, it's actually just quite a humorous article, and I'd be interested to learn a bit more. Yeah, well, I guess it's a good way of getting into the idea of what the actual real deep-seated issue is. Because mm. yeah, I was like, oh, that's hilarious. Like, yeah. I can, can't believe that. But then, you know, Pat's raised a really good point, and then. Going through the article that was in the Mercury, you actually kind of deep dive into it. You're like, oh, th this is quite a serious mm. issue. The bigger picture, yeah. And it's a hot topic at the moment. Like ABC Hobart had a post up on their Facebook page this week with 461 comments um, of asking the question, how would you solve Hobart's housing crisis? Mm. And everyone has an opinion on what needs to be done. It's yep. pretty crazy. Some are indicating that they fear that Airbnb has had a, a factor on that mm -hmm. uh, with people obviously renting out their homes to that marketplace instead on short term rather than um, doing the long term rental. So that's taken rentals out of the, yep, the Hobart sure. marketplace. Um, so 
Yeah, it was really interesting reading through all these different comments as to how people think that it needs to be rectified. Um, a lot obviously think more housing needs to be built, um, housing needs to become more affordable and needs to become more of a standard like item, like public housing should be similar to how we look at roads, how they're a necessity. Housing should be a necessity, but it's not currently looked at this way. Well, there's a bit, bit of a change at national level. So the REIA had been pushing for a long time to have a dedicated um, public housing minister which okay. has just been approved um, now. So that whereas I think it might have fell, fell under the branch of the um, Treasury. Um, if someone knows about this specifically, please correct me. Um, but there will actually be a dedicated housing um, uh, minister specifically for housing now. Nationwide. Nationwide. Yes. Yeah, wow. So if that if, – I'm not sure if states will replicate that model. Yep. Um, but, I mean, that that's a good step in the right direction, at least – um, I mean, for all the talk, is because there's going to be a dedicated person that people can actually refer back to and be answerable to. Yeah, cool. Um, well, I mean, one of the things about um, Airbnb as well is, I mean, it's a it 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 is quite a um, it's a fa- it's a fascinating beast because where I suppose the fundamental problem comes from a population increase and not enough housing. Like that's realistically the the bare bones, the supply and demand thing always falls back there. So then the nuances come into play. So um, I was th- with the, the Airbnb website actually releases pretty good transparent statistics as far as I'm aware, yep. where if you look through, I was um, like the Hobart in Southeast, if that accumulated, that, that, that encompassed the municipalities of Glenorchy, you know, Huon Valley, Hobart, etc. Um, and it encompassed around about, um, I think it was around 3,000 homes that have been taken out of the long-term rental market in supply of the holiday market. And yeah. of that, on average, most of them are only let about a third of the year. So obviously some are probably at 90%, some might be a bit more, some mid. But on on generally speaking, there are, even the Airbnbs are only let for about, you know, for about a third of the... So there's people out there who are trying to rent out hallways for $75, but then there's... Properties that are sitting there vacant, ninety percent of the ninety percent of the year because they're waiting for people to give but them yet top dollars. Still yeah. make as much money over the course of a year as they can renting it out full but time without yeah. the fear of damage, without the worry of like you know constant people in the home putting on a property manager to look, after, look it. after it and stuff for you. So, so. so then the, the other the statistic that that doesn't tell you though is that obviously some people are still ha- um, like our clients who had a property in Lena Valley they'd held on to this property after it was a long-term investment for two years vacant just so they could travel back and forth between Canberra. Um, so there would be a lot of people in that Airbnb pocket as well that are going well I'm coming to Tasmania every six months may as well gain some um, you know some income out of it because it can't be a long-term rental property and secondly um, if you looked at those statistics that um, we looked at domain with the volume of tourism that's increased over Tasmania, the Airbnbs as well would still be filling a void um, of demand of um, a holiday, you know, um, tourist accommodation that otherwise probably wouldn't be available in just a regular hotel situation. So what do we need more hotels in Hobart, John? Is that... Oh, just sky, skyscrapers everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, skyscrapers <laughs> way to alienate all our <laughs> listeners, John. Well, the, the, I think the reason why I point a lot of these things out is because um, we can obviously very be, be quick, you know, really quick to judge on um, what our, our opinion is and agenda. The problem is, is that um, there's so many the tentacles reach in so many different directions over so many pockets that um, you know these kind of discuss. You know, we've got to try and look at these, um, you know, look at the, ma- the big problem, which is a population increase, yep. not enough housing, and then, okay, if we take that little little pocket, 
what does that mean? How does that reflect out? And how can we then address that issue in, in a small pocket? Because if you just do a blanket policy or something that covers everything, it's just not going to be effective. And I think that's um, a very good point. And as far as new housing goes, like there's no shortage of places being built in Hobart at the moment. I don't think there's a single builder that works in Hobart that doesn't have 12, 18 months worth of work yeah. already booked up. Yep. Yep. I'm um, trying to get a builder just to come and renovate my house and that's yeah. causing me headaches. So I think the real problem in that is that, yes, there's probably, you know, over 1,000, 1,500 homes currently under construction in Hobart, mm. but that's to fix some demand. But while they take four to five months to build a home, more demand's coming in while they're building that, so they can't actually... Catch up. Catch up, yeah. Mm. So mm. it's a hard one because the government's offering great incentives for first-home buyers and builders. Um, they're offering good incentives for you to sort of construct a new home. Mm. Um, but if you can't get built quick enough, it doesn't ease the pressure... No. As far as like housing needs and the government is working with a couple of charity organisations as well and they've got like 600 homes under construction in the um, Bridgewater Gagebrook area. Mm. There's some down in Rokeby and Clarendon Vale under construction as well. There's some big projects happening around Hobart to fix affordable housing mm. but they just can't build enough of them fast enough. And how's the how's – because the, you've been working with them in those projects as well, haven't you, mate? So how, what's the uptake on them been like? Because I, I think they're fr- – it's been a phenomenal world. Yeah. yeah, so I work with a charity company out of Bridgewater. Um, mm. They're one of the guys that I think have got 500 currently under construction or in the pipeline for the next uh, couple of years, so yep, stuff yep. that's already pre-scheduled to be constructed. Mm. Um, they sell about 20% of what they build and retain the other 80% for, um, you know, affordable housing for tenants. Mm. Um, out of the 20% that we sell – all first-home buyers or owner-occupiers have bought them. Um, cool. They've been really popular. Mm. Obviously, new builds are always popular with a lot of people. But, yeah, it's just that shortage. Like, we've got lists mm. of people wanting to buy homes and we just can't get these brand-new homes. So, we've got lists for, obviously, people that want to buy in the northern suburbs. But we also have ones that want to take advantage of these great opportunities with the grants and that. But mm. they can't get a home or get a block of land because it sells too fast or there's too much of a waiting list and they need something sooner. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. You mentioned skyscrapers before, John, and it's something that's a um, very uh, touchy subject here in Hobart. But mm. say they were to put up high-rises or kind of high-density housing kind of places in the city, kind of similar to what the Utahs are doing with their student accommodation, mm. is that something that could um, help with this issue, the, the kind of rental crisis? Oh, man, that's way above my pay grade. But, like, <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I said that in jest because for me, I, one, there's a little – sort of a story I like to say is one thing I do love about the picture of Hobart is that you take um, like, a, a, I don't know, a photo, you could take a photo of Sydney, Tokyo, uh, New York, and you could just do, if you shot it at a certain way, there'd just be high rises and you really couldn't differentiate the way that which city it is. But you take a photo of Hobart in, in multitude of different directions and you know that it's iconic to it, you know. So I think it's really important that whatever development is um, scheduled or designed in the city is that it can still keep that um, unique I hate using the word uniqueness, but I'll run with it. Yep. Uniqueness that is Hobart. Is it? Yeah, at what point does Hobart have to evolve? Like, I totally exactly. agree. Yeah. Love it. Yep. It's awesome feel that Hobart has. I love how it's positioned against the waterfront mm. and the skyline with the mountain behind. Yep. But at what point we've do we have to look forward for the future? Like, if we don't keep developing, we don't keep enhancing, mm. what opportunities are going to be here for people to stay? Well, like, I, I think that most of the from, – from what I – Oh, well, bugger, I'll just have an opinion on it. <laughs> I, I <don't> know, <laughs> I'm not sitting on this Stop fence it. no more. <laughs> <laughs> but 
may as well, may as well talk out of school of my <laughs> personal knowledge, but let's see where this goes <laughs> while I think out loud. <laughs> Look, the problem is, is that, again, if all your um, – if we focus just on building more properties or high-rise in Hobart, that's just centralising all the, um, the traffic to go in the one direction – and it's going to cause more um, congestion problems. That it, I think people that are living in Kingston and Sorrell, um, Tranmere, they're already starting to feel where those that you know it's just coming to a, a lock, you know, lockhead where yep. the roads aren't coming in. So I don't think that's necessarily the answer. Sounds like high rides in Glenorchy is the answer. There you go. But I mean that those land releases that again focusing on the um, suburbs, where um, with any you know and a ho- with hopefully as well that. And um, that generates more um, business districts that can operate locally, so people can um, work within their, um, you know, their communities rather than having to go to the city as a necessity. Um, because the, the reality is, I think even the the, the infrastructure it is in Hobart just doesn't support um, uh, excess, you know, an, an influx of cars, which is what realistically what most people have to rely on because they don't have a drain system. Um, Metro does an amazing job with the resources they have. Yep. But we're really limited on, you know, mass migration of people coming to the city through public transport. So, um, yeah, if you're just to throw in a bunch of residential accommodation in Hobart, I don't think that would serve service the problem very well. Fair enough. That's mm. a very good uh, out-of-school... Well, it, it came from um, uh, that, that. I remember that opinion now. It came from after the earthquakes of New Zealand. Was it Auckland or what was the city that got um, uh, the Christchurch? Was it Christchurch? I remember I was. It was. Um, I was at a conference and it was it like several years after it had happened, and they had an expert that was sharing what was surprising. You know what what surprised them out of that um, uh, out of that um, circumstance because what happened with Christchurch? They had a first world country that had had a catastrophe. Yep. Um, which meant that they had, you know, they had money, they had ingenuity, they had, you know, people with skills and all that kind of stuff. But it meant that it, it gave them an opportunity to rethink the way a city's designed because obviously they still had all these different people that, you know, needed to be serviced, but could we look at it as a different way? Could it be, could it be different than a grid? Could it be, um, do we look at, you know, capping the, the, height, the height of buildings and um, spreading it over longer surfaces? How do we position our hospitals and public networks, et cetera, to be able to make it a lot more um, viable? Um, so this isn't really going to lead anywhere specific for me, but it just, I remember that conversation around, <laughs> now, now, there's an insight to my brain, everyone. It, it, uh, it I remember all the, um, shipping container shops and stuff that were yeah. popping up in places and people were going and they were having the bicycles that would made the projector start and then oh, people, that's people right. were just yeah. joining in the, the way the city operated was becoming quite a different place. So yeah, it is quite an interesting idea to think like this is how they've, um, bounce back from adversity yeah, and exactly. kind of like this is our chance to reset and, and go again. Mm. Well, but I mean, back back to Tassie and our locals, I mean, it is hard for uh, tenants at the moment and, I mean, our, our company's seeing it as well. Is that uh, what we started this conversation on? I, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're sort of bringing it back down. To ah, boom, bring it back in. It back in. <laughs> and, um, and there's no, no two ways around that. I mean, the, the, tenant, the, the reps from the Tenants of Union, I mean, they're doing everything they can. Even the institutes, you know... Are, they're trying to push everything they can. I, I think um, though a lot of different um, industries sort of feel like they're at loggerheads, they're all, you know, they all have the same intention, which is to provide a better opportunity of housing for local Tasmanians. And I think that's a, um, a perspective that we have to remember. Well, I think you summed it up pretty well when you said um, that just chucking a blanket over it and trying to fix this problem with just some simple thoughts is, isn't the way to go about it. It's mm. clearly there's a reason, there's a crisis and clearly... There are things that need to be done. Obviously, we don't know the answers. We can just chuck in our opinions, which I'm glad that you jumped off the fence and decided to (laughs) 
to pop it in there, John. That we're here, we can talk, we can say what we like and mm. and get it out there. Um, we actually had heaps more to talk about today, but we kind of uh, did really well just then, boys. Oh, do we? Oh, looks like we'll save the next two topics for the next episode. Well, I yeah. had a little game I wanted to play with you guys. It was I was going to try and have a little loggerheads, like a little suburb showdown. I oh, yeah. To yep. kind of throw a showdown at you and, and see what you could come up with. But um, perhaps we'll uh, we'll save that for another time. I might even come up with a little um, audio intro, kind of like a... Well, Suburb Showdown. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's look forward to that in the future episode. <laughs> well, I've done my research, this so I can, just, re- I can relax now. Yep. I've been like, hey, guys, I contributed. Yeah. So I know that you've got a um, deadline of 15 days to come up with some content, John. It's uh, We're going to be pushing it. <laughs> it's going to run and, real close. And that's because we've actually got a special guest next week, which is going to be fun. Yes, we do. Can so you tell us about that, Pat? Yeah, sure. So we've got Sarah Bell coming in next week. Mm. Uh, well, actually, she's going to be... Com- on the phone with us, which is going to be great. Uh, so Sarah runs an AI robot company that features in the real estate space. Yeah, I know you're going straight to Terminator. I can just tell it. Uh, but, yeah, so she's going to give us an insight as to... <laughs> Sorry, mate, she's going to give us an insight. To uh, as to how robots can help us in the real estate industry, what they'll mean for consumers, uh, what it actually means for employees of real estate agencies. So... Gonna be a little bit with me if you want to live. <laughs> going to be a little bit different next week, but get all your jokes out now because <laughs> yeah, I think it's <laughs> not professional to do it in front we of Sarah. We might not be allowed to talk next week. <laughs> we'll just, yeah. Aaron and I will be returning on episode 18. <laughs> and the sad thing is I can't reach their levels yeah. to turn their mics off. But actually, no, I'm, I'm excited to hear Sarah's perspective. She's um, There's some pretty cool stuff they're rolling out. Yeah, so look, we're like we said in episode one, we're trying to get some special guests and some people to talk on different topics and... Sarah's going to be our second guest. If you haven't listened to our first guest, it was actually Jason from Domain in episode two. So head back and find that episode because it was a really good insight as to the Hobart Marketplace. Mm. But, yeah, look forward to next week. And uh, one other thing, call to John. <laughs> call to John now. John Connor. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Pat's walking away. But as Pat walks away, uh, we just want to thank you for listening. Sorry that we're um, – we're just really excited. There was a new Terminator trailer last week as well. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Obviously, that actually did look pretty good. It yeah, did it look does. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, so oh. we're now on iTunes, Spotify. Were there any other um, – uh, I think it's – Google uh, Cast? Anchor or – Yeah, Google Cast. Google Cast. So we're on lots of different um, services. So find us on either of those. Like, share, subscribe, tell your friends. Shout out to Samuel Mori and Pat Sun, our number two number one listeners. Exactly. <laughs> um, Parker will be very excited to hear this in the car and you won't be able to leave until it finishes. Nope. <laughs> cool. All right, everyone. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. See ya. Thanks, guys. 414 Real Estate has been operating within the northern suburbs of Hobart since 2006. With their innovative approach to marketing and managing your property, they have all your property needs covered. Find out more by visiting them today at 414.com.au. As a family-run business, First National Real Estate McGregor understands that the property market can be stressful. However, with a strong team in both sales and rentals, we are here to guide you through the property maze. Find out more today at mcgregorfn.com. 